this week a well in Africa, next year solar panels in Haiti. Right, girl? We know that uh, Sophia was supposed to go in March to Haiti, and that's when the COVID broke out. And so we have just two missionaries I call in the bullpen, just warming up for the restrictions to be lessened. So, um, man, I I, I don't even know what it must be like because your heart's there. Your heart's there. But because of this pandemic, they're not allowing Americans to come in right now. And, man, I'll tell you, we got a lot of praying to do. Listen, if you look at history during the Spanish flu pandemic, Assembly of God churches, they were not able to meet for a whole year. They were, oh, you were online? Hey, we're, hey, all my, uh, hey, we're live now. So uh, we were unable to record the morning service, so we're live. So, um, hey, all those in Building B and those watching online, sorry for any of the confusion, but welcome. But um, as I was saying, your heart's in Haiti. And after the Spanish flu, the, during the Spanish flu, uh, there in the early 1900s, the Assemblies of God's, the churches weren't able to meet for a whole year. And that's before um, uh, social media. But we see that after the Spanish flu, there was a great outpouring of God's Holy Spirit. I'm praying. And would you pray Amen. for our country Hallelujah. and for a great outpouring of God's Spirit? I don't know what God is doing in all this, But God is not sleeping. God is alive. And God is going to pour out his spirit. Just remain faithful to him. Amen. Well, here we go. Back in 1962, the contours asked that question, do you love me? How many remember it? A few of you. There you go. I I don't know if you know the history behind that song, but Barry Gordy wrote that song originally for the Temptations to record. But they never showed up for the recording. So the contours were in to record It Must Be Love. And Barry Gordy had a a different thought. He he gave them the song that he wrote, let them record it. And it became one of Motown's first hits. Two years later, Tevia asked Goldie this same question on Broadway. Do you love me? Do I what? Do you love me? Do I love you? Sir, you got it, Joe. Little technical difficulties. Long before the contours asked that question, and Tevia asked Goldie that question, Long before, Jesus asked Peter that same question. Simon, son of John, do you love me? 
Now, most of you know that when I go on vacation, one of the things that I enjoy about vacation is what I call my extended devotional time. On vacation, there's no schedule. I still try to keep my schedule getting up early, and I enjoy just sitting out on the beach or sitting in the rocking chair at at Congress Hall or on the porch and and just having that extended period uh, of just devotion before the Lord. Now, during that time, during that vacation time, I don't really want to be contemplating topics like eschatology or anthropology. I I don't want to spend my vacation time agonizing over the fact of wondering, did Adam and Eve have belly buttons or not? Did you ever wonder that? How many never thought about Adam and Eve having belly buttons or not? Well, I just gave you guys a bunch of sleepless nights. As created, they weren't born. But what I was thinking is, could you imagine imagine Cain and Abel? Hey, mom and dad don't, but we do. What's the deal here? I don't want to spend my vacation agonizing or wondering whether Adam and Eve had belly buttons or not. So what I did during this vacation, on Monday morning I got up, I was sitting on the porch down in Cape May, and I posed this question that Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? And like Simon Peter and like most of us would respond, Lord, you know that I love you. Well then, how is that love manifested in your heart and in your life? Wow. Now I had to dig a little deeper. Lord, you know I love you. But how is that love manifested in my heart and in my life? I don't think I ever shared with you the signs of true love. Have I? Have I ever shared with you the three signs of true love? Number one, here's the signs of true love. A sincere longing for fellowship with the one you love. I remember when Heather and I were dating, we we did some some crazy things. I, I was on the road when I shouldn't have been on the road during a snowstorm just because I wanted to see her. I remember one weekend she came down to Valley Forge Christian College in her Datsun 510 with 180,000 miles on it during a rainstorm that when she got off of the turnpike there at King of Prussia, she did a 360. Why? Just to see me. This was pre-cell phone days when we had landlines and you had to pay for long distance calling. Remember that? Heather worked for AT&T and with her, even with her discount... 
her phone bill would be two to three hundred dollars. Why? Because she could not go a day without talking to me. She would call, and, and there'd be nights when I have said everything I needed to say, when I have used up all the words I had, and I, I kept saying, you better go now, you better go now. Your bill's going to be outrageous. And she says, don't worry about it. I just want to hear you breathe. A sincere longing for fellowship. Let me ask you, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. But is there a sincere longing for fellowship? Do you wake up in the morning excited about seeing what God's word for you that day is? Is there a longing for fellowship with me? Secondly, love seeks to please the loved one. Marriage is not 50-50, my friends. Marriage is 100%. Marriage is all about seeking to please the one whom you are married to. How do problems arrive in marriages and in relationships where that love no longer seeks to please your spouse, but that love turns and it is a selfish love and it's all about yourself. It's a selfish love. We're going to come back to love seeks to please. But how do you seek to please the Lord? Third, love seeks to be entirely one with the loved one. Yesterday I conducted a wedding here and I read the scripture verse. A man shall leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife that the two shall be one. We call it the principle of leaving, cleaving, and weaving. And a marriage should always be weaving themselves together as one. What happens in a lot of marriages today is that they continue to be separate individuals who are just living together, but they're not entirely one. Watch out. Jesus' prayer for us was what? Lord, I pray that they may be one as you and I are one. Lord, do I love you? You know I love you. Because it's my prayer that I want to be more like you every day. I long to seek to be with you and to please you and to fellowship with you. For those who God foreknew, Romans 8, 29, he also predestined for us to be what? Conformed into the likeness or to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. As I'm sitting there contemplating the true signs of, of true love, answering that question, do you love me? Lord, it is my desire to be more like you. And then my search took me to the Gospel of John. Five times in the Gospel of John, we read these words. Are you ready? There's a sixth time, but it's kind of implied. So I'm only going to use these five. And what I did was I took each verse and meditated on them each day for a two-week period. 
Here we go. John 14, 15. In answering the question, do you love me? If. Now right away, that two-letter word, if, says something. Love is more than just a feeling. Love is a choice. Got it? It gives us a choice. If you love me, Jesus says, you will obey what I command. And I'm like, okay. On Tuesday, I took a look at this verse. Whoever has my commands and what? Obeys them. He is the one who loves me. Lord, you know I love you. But how is it being manifested in your heart and in your life? Wednesday, if anyone loves me, if anyone loves me, he will, huh? Obey my teachings. And then you go to the next chapter and you find it two more times. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's command and remained in His love. And on Friday, I meditated on John 15, 14. You are my friends. Once again, choice. If you do or obey what I command. So instead of worried about Adam and Eve having belly buttons, I was worried over my two-week vacation. How is my life manifesting its love for God? Listen, from the very beginning of creation to the very end of Revelation, it's hard to turn a page without directly or indirectly seeing the importance of obeying God's commands. Do you know that King Saul, God would have let him reign his entire life. His entire reign could have gone to his whole life. Except for what? He disobeyed God. And God gave the reign to someone else, David. In looking at this subject of obedience, God is not on a power trip. Come on. God is not a control freak. But God wants what is best for you and I. And his commands are not to kill our joy and our fun. But his commands are put in his word so that we can apply them that our lives might be fulfilled. And as that, we show our love to him. So as I went Monday through Friday looking at those scripture verses, I went back on Monday to relook at the first one. And my study took me to another writing of John. Turn to 1 John, not the Gospel of John, 
But the end of the Bible, 1 John chapter 2, verse 3. The subject of obedience. Because what I was sensing is that how do we manifest our love for God in our hearts and in our lives? Out of an obedience of doing what he says. We know, John says, that we have come to know him. We know that we have come to know him. Boy, that's deep. How do you know if you know him? How do you know if you've come to know him? We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. Now, John is not saying this about salvation. Salvation is not by works. For by grace are we saved through faith. But what John is saying is that if you know him, how do you know that you know him? How do you know that you're saved? Because there's a longing for fellowship. There's a longing to become one with him. There's a longing to please him. There's a longing to fulfill that which he has written in his word. That's how you know if you've come to know him. And I I just put obedience kind of like proves or confirms that we have been saved. Secondly, obedience transforms our lives. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in him. Let me tell you, I have been transformed by his word. As I've come to know him and long to fellowship and to read his word, his word has made an impact. His commands have made an impact upon my life, which has transformed me. I am not what I once used to be. But God's word has transformed me. Romans says it this way. Be transformed. How? By the renewing of your minds. Our minds need to be renewed daily before him. How are our minds renewed daily before him? Through his word. Third, obedience springs from love. Tuesday morning we wake up and hurricane, tropical storm, ICE, uh, yeah, it comes through. And Cape May, the lower end of Cape May where we were staying was without power for 24 hours. Wednesday morning I wake up and I'm in survival mode. You know what that is? I only have one agenda for that day, and that's to charge our cell phones. <laughs> isn't it isn't amazing how cell phones become so important in our lives? So I wake up at 5.30. I go down to the lobby, and they have this generator with this little power strip. And I plug in my phone. I plug in my wife's phone. I'm sitting there in the lobby of Congress Hall all by myself. And I'm contemplating how much God loves me. 
God, you love me so much that you gave me your son to die for me so that I could have eternal life. And as a result of that love, there's springs and obedience that, Lord, I, you asked if I love you. You know that I love you. And, Lord, I just want to be pleasing to you. God, I, I just want to be a light, a witness for you. I, I just, have you ever prayed for what you got? So I'm sitting there enjoying my time all by myself, thinking, man, am I ahead of everybody else? Three other guys come down with their phones at 6 o'clock. They plug them in. Now it seems like my phone is even taking longer because they're using more of the juice. I don't know why, but I'm sitting there hashing it out with three guys, and I know I'm just waiting for the question. First question is, so where are you from? Freehold. You know what the next question is going to be, right? What do you do for a living? I'm a minister. Well, the one guy I thought was going to have a heart attack because he was using words that he shouldn't have been using. But the guy sitting alongside of me grew up Episcopalian, hadn't gone to church for years. And for the literally next two hours, I was no longer on vacation. I became pastor and answering all his questions. Fourth, obedience characterizes our walk. Whoever claims to live in him, come on, must walk as Jesus walked. This goes back to number third, three, that, that you want to become one with the object of your love. And I'm just sitting there contemplating just being a witness. Lord, you know I love you. We came home on Friday. We spent, spent time at home doing home projects. Uh, the following week, I visited Home Depot 35 times, so you know what I was doing. Home projects. I wake up Monday morning. I'm in my den, in my chair. And I went back to John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command. Sometimes the word is so simple, but sometimes it's so complex, you got to meditate on it. And I'm, I'm sitting there in my den, in my study, just looking at that verse, seeing within the context, if you love me, you'll keep my command. That talks about loving one another. All of a sudden, I'm like, what? How come I've never seen this before? And all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm getting curious. So I peek ahead to the next verse for the following day. I'm like, it's there too. And I peek ahead to the following verse, and it's there too. Do you know in those three, five verses I shared with you, if you love me, you will obey. How many know that attached to that, there's a promise? And I've never saw this before. I'm sitting there. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing these striking promises. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And are you ready for the promise? 
The promise is, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor who will be with you forever. I will give you wisdom. If you obey my commands, I will give you wisdom through a counselor. I will give you peace through the comforter. I will give you power through the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, I saw the promise attached to this verse. So Tuesday, I wake up. I look at my next verse. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me, here's the promise, will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him, and will what? Come on! Show myself to him. Listen, we can sing, show me your glory, show me your glory, show me your glory, all that you want. But if you're not obeying him, you're not going to see his glory. And I'm like, this is so cool that God attached to the ways we show our love. The way our love is manifested to you in obedience to your word. With everyone, you give us a promise. Wednesday, I couldn't wait. Here it is. If anyone loves me, he will obey my teachings. My father will love him. And we will come to him. And make our home with him. Hello, somebody. Now, you may be sitting out there and saying, but I don't like company. Did I ever give you my theory on company? More than three days, they become like fish. They start to smell. That's my theory on company. And that's my theory on my company. I remember visiting my parents many years ago. We were going to go spend a week with them. I told my mom, Mom, we're coming down for six days. However, we're not going to stay with you. You're not going to stay with us. I go, Mom, after three days, I start to smell. That's company. So we got a hotel room. I said, after three, I need my space. We all need our space. And after three days, company begins become like fish. They begin to smell. But let me tell you something. When God the Father and God the Holy Spirit make their home with you, they're not fish. They don't smell. Thursday, I meditate on this next verse. Just, It's like doing the crossword. I love Sudokos. I, I, cryptograms, man. I'm into cryptograms on vacation. I'm doing the cryptograms. Man. They are so, aren't they fun? Tax your mind. Now it's like I'm, I'm doing my Sudoku. I'm doing my Heather's the crossword puzzle queen. I, I, I can't. I can't even do the family time crossword puzzles. You know, they have a kid's clue and I can never get it. And then you make, oh, it's, it's not good. So I'm like doing this puzzle. What, what's the next promise? If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have obeyed my father's commands and remained in his love. I have told you this. Here's the promise. I have told you this. Why? That my joy may be in you 
and that your joy may be complete. For years I've been on this quest of finding joy. That's why I like the book of Philippians so much. That's why it's my favorite New Testament book. And all of a sudden I'm thinking that joy, his joy, his complete joy is attached by manifesting love to my father through fulfilling his commands. And as I fulfill his teachings, as I fulfill his commands out of love, he gives me a joy, his joy that is complete. On Friday, you and my friends, I'm like, whoa, that's the promise right there. That's the promise right there. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I call you friends. Why? Because everything I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. Pastor Bonnie, you can come. I have a third point. But during the first service, I, I didn't even get to the third point. I, I'm, I'm just sensing a conviction among us that there are those who want to renew their love to the Lord this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand in a minute, and we're just going to start singing, I love you, Lord. And I'm just going to open this altar. There's something about the altar on Friday morning there in my den. I got out of my chair, and I made it an altar as I renewed my love before the Lord. Do you love me? Lord, you know that I love you. How's it being manifested? Lord, it's being manifested because I love your word, and I obey your commands. And God, I long for fellowship with you. Mornings I wake up and I just can't wait to commune with you. And Lord, you, you know that I love you because I, I, I want to I be one with you. I want to be like you. I want to know you more. I want to be conformed into your image of son, the image of your son. And you know that I love you, Lord, because... Everything I do, I just want to please you. It's not about me, Lord. Everything I do, I want it to be pleasing to you. Would you stand with me? I love you, Lord. Building B, you can take over. If you've been watching us online, thank you. Just make your home right there an altar. Renew your love before him right now. Rejoice. Take joy, my king.
Sing it again. Let it be a sweet. Let it be a sweet. Lord, that's what my that's what I want my life to be to you, a sweet, Let sweet sound. It be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Just our desire. It's our desire just to love you, Lord. with the loved one? Do you seek to please that who loves you? Do you seek to be one with him? Oh, Lord, we exalt you. We love you, Lord. There's more room up here if you just want to come to this altar area and maybe make an altar right out the front row, I, I would encourage you. Lord, we just renew our love before you. I love you, Lord. Oh, I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice
I give you my life. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm away. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, have your to honor you in everything. To honor in my life, in my words, you. in my walk, just to honor you, Lord. Lord, with all my heart, I, I worship, worship you. I give you praise. I give 